What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Yeah. Oh, baby, how I Time now for Hear Me Out with your host, Betsy Esparza. Hear Me Out is brought to you by Front Street Books, your hometown independent bookstore. My dad was a ham radio operator, and as far as I know, he had the tallest antenna in town until he and my mom sold their house a couple of years ago. I grew up with built-in friends who were the children of guys whose names I knew as well as I did their call signs. One of those guys is Bob Ward. To most of Alpine, he's the true value guy. To me, he's WA5ROE. He's here with us today to talk about an annual event held the last weekend of June for amateur radio operators to practice and compete. It's called Field Day, and it's this weekend. Welcome, Bob. Uh, thank you. Good to be here. Did he have the tallest antenna in town? He was a lot taller than mine. <laughs> yes, I, I think I, he, he did that. What is an amateur radio operator? An amateur radio operator is someone that uses equipment at an amateur radio station to engage in two-way personal communications with other amateur radio operators. And, and they do this on frequencies that are assigned to them by the Federal Communications Commission. And there's lots of various modes that these communications are handled, including voice, like we're doing right now, uh, CW, which is Morse code, uh, RITTY, R-T-T-Y, which is teletype, and then now there's a lot of new digital modes where uh, with your computer uh, you can uh, hook that up to the radio and over the air send uh, digital messages. So lots of, lots of things happen. How did you become a ham, uh, amateur radio operator? I became an amateur radio operator or a ham. We don't know where that word came from, but uh, I became a ham radio operator. Uh, Back in the 60s, I was first licensed in 1967, I had an interest uh, back then of listening to shortwave broadcast stations. And there was a little citizen band radio craze that went on. This was before the big one that went on in the 70s. And uh, uh, I bought a couple of kits and built a couple of CB radios. And after I got them, I decided that's not what I really wanted to do, I wanted to talk all over the world. And so I found out about ham radio. I knew about it kind of kind of in, in, in a way, but I, I looked into it a little bit more and, and found out what I had to do to get my license and uh, just did that. But I was always interested in listening to radio. Um, uh, it, whether back in the day it might have just been KOMA, but uh, a lot, lot of radio stations uh, and and all the foreign broadcast stations, it was just a great thing to do. And you guys do talk to people all over the world. Yes, you. I talk to people all over the world. I, I don't do that as much as I used to. I know your dad uh, was a lot more uh, into that part of it. We call that chasing DX, working distance. And, and Bill had uh, many, many countries. I think he almost had 300 different countries confirmed 
that he talked to and to confirm a, a contact, you not only talk to him, but you exchange what we call a QSL card, which uh, that card is uh, sent through the mail to the other station and that station reciprocates back to you and you have that confirmed contact. And I know Bill had right at 300, maybe he went over 300 uh, different countries. Uh, I don't have near that many. That's not been part of what I do. I do some of it, but amateur radio is, has so many uh, things that you can do, not not only just talking to foreign countries. Uh, there, there's just many, many things that you can do on, on ham radio. How long has the Big Bend Amateur Radio Club been around? We, we started the Big Bend Amateur Radio Club in 1973. Uh, David Cochran moved to town uh, about that time. And uh, there were others of us uh, that got together and said, you know, why don't we have a club? And, and so we started the Big Bend Amateur Radio Club in 1973. Uh, later on, we incorporated the club with the state of Texas, and now it is officially Big Bend Amateur Radio Club Incorporated, and we're a nonprofit organization with the state of Texas. So we, we've been here 48 years. So it's a hobby for many people. But ham radio has an important pur- purpose in emergencies. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, and, and first and foremost, we always want to remind everybody it is a hobby. I mean, that's, that's what it really is. But in the, in the sense of the hobby, like I said a while ago, there's a lot of other aspects of ham radio and a lot of other interests, not just talking to the foreign countries. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of hams, and, and including myself, uh, we we are very interested in public service and how can we how can we help uh, some of the other agencies uh, with backing up uh, communications. You know we have this saying and it's really true. When all else fails, you know we still have amateur radio. We can we can take some wire and throw it together uh, very quickly, along with a radio, along with uh, m- maybe a, a car battery. And, and within a matter of minutes, we can be on the air after a disaster uh, and talk wherever we need to talk to. And, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be a catastrophic thing. Uh, you know, if something happens in Alpine, like when we had the earthquake years ago, we didn't think that was that big a deal at the moment. And, but what we found out later, and then we found out actually during the event, Everybody in the country started trying to call on the telephone. Well, all of a sudden, that didn't work. Uh, the, the lines were all jammed up. And so we finally said, hey, we better get on the radio. And we did and found out that, uh, you know, the, the whole state of Texas was wanting to hear from us. So uh, it's, it's not only, you know, a, a real tornado-type disaster. A lot of times it's just a communications disaster when we can be there when all else fails. And that still happens today, as you well know. We we whack a we whack a fiber optic cable, or we do things like that, and and all of a sudden uh, we we have a, we have a communications problem. When I was, I think, in fifth grade, um, you guys were instrumental after the tornado in Saragossa, and more recently during the wildfires in 2011. Um, I guess I so it was the wildfire season in 2011 when I was at that point fully an adult and could understand just how instrumental you guys were um how how do you guys operate in a situation like that well we have an emergency operating plan uh that we can put into place it's it's written down it's on a piece of paper written down actually more than one piece of paper 
where we, uh, we all know in the event of an emergency what we need to do and where we need to go. And in, when the fire started, uh, uh, we went immediately to the emergency operating center in uh, Brewster County uh, Emergency Operating Center, which is over by the fire department in the same building, and, and, and got on the air. And uh, in Fort Davis, uh, uh, we had the same thing happening there in the emergency operating center in Fort Davis. And immediately, we were in contact with each other. And during the course of that event, early on that evening, uh, there was a communications disaster when uh, uh, all of a sudden the uh, radios that the police department were using in Jeff Davis County didn't work. And then we thought we had a battery problem. And so we got batteries together and got one of our guys to run over there with batteries to their repeater site, which was up on a mountain uh, in, the, uh, in the state park. Once, once our person got there, it was more a little more than that. The building holding the, uh, holding the repeaters caught on fire and it burned down. So we were the only communications there for a while, uh, serving, this, serving the agencies over there until uh, they could get uh, a portable tower up there and get something else going. So th those kind of things are, are not uncommon to happen. Right. So is it accurate if I say that you guys um, put maybe one guy with each agency who can communicate from one of you to another one of you so that you can continue, so that they, those agencies can continue to communicate with each other. Yes, that's in our plan, you know, and we're not first responders, you know, the, those agencies normally can talk, right. but sometimes they have, they have information that's not, you know, not right on the fire line or things like that. Uh, some tactical, th some other types of information they need to pass, and we're there to help them with that. We're there to back them up. And, you know, like I said, if, if something breaks, we're there to, you know, to do a little bit more than that. Sure. Martin, are you ready to take a break? Sure thing, Bessie. We'll be back in 30 seconds right after this message from Front Street Books. Don't know much about the Big Bend National Park or the Big Bend in general? Front Street Books is the all-info source for the whole area. From birds to wildlife, geology and hiking, maps and guides to make your visit the most enjoyable, Front Street has it all. Alpine and the Big Bend have so much to offer everyone. Front Street Books endeavors to be a supporter of all things important in our area. Informative programs and interviews are so valuable for our community. It is a pleasure to support them. Front Street Books thanks all those that participate in these community efforts. Also good heaters in the wintertime. Yeah. We're back. Bob, what is field day? Field day is an, uh, an exercise or an event. Actually, it's a fun thing that we do once a year. It's uh, generally on the fourth weekend, always on the fourth weekend of June. Um, and what we do at field day is, is simulate uh, somewhat of an emergency. We, all over the North America and uh, in Canada, uh, amateurs set up in a remote location uh, with equipment that is powered without commercial means. We, we use uh, generators, we use solar power, we use batteries that have been charged up by uh, solar power uh, or some other way, uh, something other than a commercial way of charging these batteries up or, or you know, primarily generators. And for 24 hours, uh, starting at 1 p.m. on Saturday into 1 p.m. Sunday Central Time, uh, we try to establish contact with as many other amateur stations participating in field day all around the country. And it's somewhat of a contest, but it's also just an exercise to help us uh, 
work on our emergency communications, but it's a fun thing. And locally in Alpine, we, we do a little bit more than some of them. Uh, we've had field day here for the last, uh, well, started in 1974, one year after our club started. We've had field day every year at various places. And uh, it's a, f a family thing with us. We, we go out generally even a couple of days before. If uh, some of the family wants to go, the kids want to go, we'll take them with us. We kind of camp out and uh, we eat good. Uh, we socialize. And, and just have a lot of fun as we're setting up and preparing for our event. And, and then, uh, you know, all through the event, there's a lot more socializing and things going on. Uh, not, just, not just the contest, but, and, you know, of course, uh, the Amer American Radio Relay League called the ARRL sponsors this thing, and they try to tell us it's not a contest, but it is a contest. <laughs> and we've always come in with a score, very respectable, uh, in the top 10 or top 5 in our class of operations. We run two transmitters and simultaneously, and that makes us be in the 2A division, which means two transmitters operating on emergency power. Where is Field Day? Field Day is at the Double Diamond Pavilion, which is seven miles south of Alpine on Highway 118. And, you know, anyone and everyone is invited to come join us uh, even before it starts or, or doing the event. Like I said, the event is a 24-hour event from 1 o'clock Saturday to 1 o'clock Sunday. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be setting up starting uh, Friday evening uh, officially. And uh, so a lot of us will be there and, uh, you know, we eat good. You, know, you might even get something to, something to <laughs> munch on. You guys would love for people to stop by and have a look. Sure, we we always want people to come, especially kids. You know, we this year uh, we also have a separate thing happening, and we've done this in the past. We have a, a separate station, which actually adds to our score, called GOTA. We call it the Goddess Station. Get on the air, and you don't have to be a ham radio operator to come speak and operate on that station. We have to have a ham radio operator there to be in charge. And, and to be pushing the buttons and, and, and showing you how the microphone works. But you can actually participate in this uh, event with us. Uh, and we, we really love it when we have kids come out. Uh, they, they love getting on the air and talking on the radio. And, and not only kids, you know, anybody. Anybody can come out and, and participate with us. And, and G-O-T-A, gotta, get on the air. Is there a specific time for that to happen? No, that'll be happening all through the okay. 24 hours of our event. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, you need to come out and talk. So should we talk a little baseball? Yeah. <laughs> go Cowboys. <laughs> you know, uh, I've got to go, go change horses here in a minute and uh, get ready for the game. Uh, we're gonna, i got to go get the radar stuff set up so we can see how fast we're going to throw the ball tonight. <laughs> and uh, uh, we're going to need to win some games the season is early we've got a young team we're a good team it's been very exciting we've had really exciting games here at coconut park uh, santa fe is coming to town uh they're over there at the ballpark doing batting practice right now getting ready and uh we're going to have a great series and uh, you know our attendance has been phenomenal this year uh the food is good uh, the uh, the company is good and the ball games have really been exciting. So in the Pecos League, uh, we have a lot of a lot of runs scored, and it's just it's just a lot of fun. And there's no better place than Coconut Field, historic ballpark where 
so many, many famous people have played ball in the past, and it's just, you know, it's just a miracle to have that right here in Alpine. It's my favorite thing in their home till Saturday, every yeah, day this week. That's right. Yeah, we've, we've got a good home stretch, and uh, the, the boys played uh, the last two days in Tucson, had to drive back all night from Tucson and be here ready to go today. Go Cowboys. Yep, we're going we're gonna to take care of Santa Fe. And, Bob, I'm going to add that uh, not tomorrow night, but Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we are going to have John Mark Dempsey from Texas State News uh, is going to be calling the game, is going to be uh, broadcasting the games for us on KVLF uh, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So sort of got a celebrity announcer coming in. That's, That's so going to cool. be exciting to have yeah. John Mark out here. Yeah, we're, we're very excited about it. He's uh, anxiously waiting to come out here. <laughs> That'll be great. Thanks for coming, Bob. Thank okay, you. One more thing, Bob, real quick. I wanted to say uh, thank you for with the Amateur Radio Club. Another thing that you all do that's very nice is during Christmas time with the Santa Claus, Kids for Santa Claus. Yeah, we, we set up at Christmas time uh, and uh, generally out in front of uh, the True Value store. I'll try not to sell anything right now. <laughs> but uh, kids come and uh, they get to talk to Santa Claus at the North Pole over the over ham radio. And that's that's really a lot of fun. And how long and have you been doing that? We've been doing that probably 20 years. Uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Bill Brooks uh, used to have a great Santa Claus voice on the other end. Aha. <laughs> so, well, we thank you for that. It was, it's always a fun thing during the holidays. Yeah, it is. We look forward. Anytime we can have kids talk on the radio, it's, it's just it's the most fun thing that we do. All right. Well, Bob, I want to thank you, too, for coming in. And, Betsy, thank you, as always. You can find Hear Me Out on Facebook where we post information about upcoming program notes and other interesting links from around the area and the state. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Search Hear Me Out and click on subscribe. If you miss the live show, you can go back and listen to the podcast, which is uploaded about an hour after we end on Tuesdays. And when you click subscribe, your phone will send you a notification so you'll never miss a show. You can also email us at hearmeoutalpine at gmail.com. You have been listening to Hear Me Out with your host, Betsy Esparza. You can hear Hear Me Out every Tuesday at around 525 after the local news.